as I do tell studios, I'm teaching people what's working, how we're getting clients, how we're able to. So as soon as I step away from that and just focus on coaching people, then I'm losing touch of like, well, what's working today? Because things are constantly changing. Hey, everyone, and welcome to No Fat Cats, the podcast about business leaders becoming thought leaders through digital content. Welcome to season two. Yes, that's right. This is officially season two. So confession to make. When I started season one, it was my first time doing a podcast. When it comes to starting anything, there are pretty much two trains of thought. So one is you just get started, get moving with things, and over time, gain momentum. The other is that you completely figure everything out strategy-wise beforehand, and then you launch. Now, I fell somewhere in the middle when I started this podcast. I knew that I wanted it to be for creative teams. I wanted to explore topics of leadership, strategy, and execution. And now, while those are great topics, it's really been just too broad. It's sort of like having a podcast about marketing. There are so many out there that you really have to bring your own unique voice or have a, have a large base following in order to get anywhere. The other option is to really niche down and become an expert at one particular topic. Then when you can speak directly to people's problems and show that you can relate to them and that you have been where they are, this helps create trust with people, which means they are more likely to listen to what you have to say. For over the last 10 years, I have been great at producing content for other people, other organizations, and it's led to some amazing experiences, traveling all around the world, whether it's been South America, Africa, Asia. But the one thing I haven't done well is put out more content that helps people learn from my mistakes and experiences. And I'm, I've definitely had a, a lot of experiences where, you know, create something and just things don't, don't go well. And just when I think about it, the fact that I could help share an idea or an experience with people that could potentially save them thousands of dollars. Like, why would I not want to share that? And I know that you have the same thing too. So as a, as a business leader, as, as an organization leader, you have undoubtedly made mistakes that have potentially cost, you know, thousands of dollars or, or, or made mistakes that could have, if you could have done differently, would have saved you so much time down the road. And you need to be sharing those. Like, if you could potentially save someone the mistake of, you know, burned relationships, burned bridges, losing thousands of dollars by simply sharing your advice, why wouldn't you? Well, the truth is sometimes it can be kind of hard to do that because we get, we don't know how, we get busy, we don't exactly have that roadmap of, of sharing our expertise and, and, and thoughts with other people. And that's where we need encouragement from others. And so I'm not here today as someone who has completely figured out together. In fact, you know, at times I'm, you know, really inconsistent with posting on social media. My, uh, while I have created an online course, I didn't do a great job of marketing it. And I do have an email list, but I don't post as regularly as I should. I'm committing to getting better at that. And I'm inviting you on this journey. And you know, there are some superhumans out there such as, you know, Casey Neistat, who sleeps maybe four hours a night and is just constantly producing stuff. And it, if that's what you want is a superhuman who can uh, produce all that stuff, you know, there's plenty of them out there. Check them out. But if you want to learn from a real human who has to balance work and family and all those other expectations, this podcast is for you. And so with that, I am so excited about this next podcast interview with Ryan Coral. I have loved listening to his podcast called the Studio Sherpas Podcast for almost two years now because I can relate to his journey. He's been running a video production company for almost 16 years now, but he wasn't just happy sitting back and, you know, being a proverbial fat cat. No, he had these huge passions for helping other people on the journey and learn from his mistakes and successes. 
And that's why he started the Studio Sherpas podcast. Um, if that doesn't make any sense, you have to go watch, listen to one of his podcasts, and uh, you might that might make, make a little more sense. But in this episode, he shares how the year that he started the Studio Sherpas podcast, his production company, Tell Studios, had one of its worst years on record since he just wasn't giving it his full attention. But by building systems, by working hard and learning, he was able to reach the point where he is managing both companies and is better at being a guide to other video business owners because he is simultaneously running his own company. In this episode, we explore that journey with him and how he uses digital content to be a thought leader in the video business industry. Here's my guest, Ryan Coral. Hello, Ryan Coral. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. on. Wes, thanks for having me, man. This is, uh, this is super fun. It's fun to be you... on the other side of the mic. It's, is that the, is it how you say that? Yeah, you're, I guess the other side of the camera, <laughs> other side of the mic. I know uh, I've really enjoyed you know learning from you uh, through Studio Sherpas, and uh, you know you brought a lot of content online that has, yeah. has had a lot of value, and it's just great to have be able to interview you on the podcast. So, But for listeners who might not be familiar, familiar with what you do, um, can you tell us just a little bit about your journey? I, mean, I know you start off in video production, but what, what has that journey been like? Yeah, it's been 16 years long, and I worked at a small Christian college for a couple of years and somehow convinced them to buy a video camera and a computer for me to start making videos. And shortly thereafter, I was like, how do I do this like all the time? Because I just loved the process. I loved making stuff. I love video, um, and I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. And so got into doing video and uh, really went full-fledged into wedding films and creating these like beautiful art pieces for families uh really for us we we thought that they were would become treasures and these legacy pieces and so we did that for a bunch of years and got to travel all over and film celebrities and do all sorts of crazy stuff be in situations where i'm like i do not belong here this is crazy can't believe these people are actually paying me to be here and then i get to eat their yummy food at uh, dinner time tonight uh so we did that for a long time and then as the business grew and i was hiring more employees and we had bigger dreams and aspirations uh we started working with businesses and uh creating films for businesses and nonprofits and uh, telling their stories and creating uh, marketing content for them. And, and just have, have, I've learned so much. My role has changed throughout the years. Uh, you know, today I'm more a boss than a filmmaker. I don't, you know, I don't edit like <laughs> any of the projects that we're doing for clients. I, you know, I don't touch that stuff. I might go on set, uh, but my, my main responsibilities really are business development and strategy. And, and I think from the very beginning, those are the things that have been inside of me that uh, I was able to use as I started a video company. Uh, but I was probably destined to start a business somehow, uh, some way, just because it, it was inside it was in of you. me. Yeah. yeah. And so about four years ago, I've, I've also, because I love strategy, and most creatives are afraid of business and strategy. Like those things just don't compete. Kind of they two just want things in some ways. Yep. And they just want to do their craft, right? They're amazing at shooting and editing and telling stories. But when it comes time to charge what you're worth and scale your business and grow and, you know, just do the things that a business needs to do, be profitable. Most creatives are just like, they shy away from that. But I, I just, I wanted to enter into that. And so I would have so many conversations because I tried, I love people and I love, you know, kind of hearing where people are at in their journey. And uh, as I would talk to people, I would say like, oh, you, you should be trying this. And like, have you tried this software? Or like, how are you, you know, being efficient as you're exporting? You know, just all these things that were business-minded type questions. And I would have all these people that were just like, not blown away at the things that I, I was saying, but like things that they never really thought. And I was like, 
how do you not think of that? Like, it just seems like it's you know, natural to you. Common sense, right? Uh, so I, I learned early on that I had a knack for business where most people didn't in my industry, and I wanted to help people. And so I, I would speak at different conferences and events and stuff. And then I was hosting a monthly meeting for people in the Michigan area, filmmakers in the, in the Michigan area. And uh, it was about four and a half years ago that my friend Matt Davis and I were on a, uh, we were filming a wedding, one of his clients down in, I don't know, Kentucky or something. I think it was Kentucky. And he said, hey, I'm thinking about getting back into coaching and consulting uh, for video people. And I said, would you, could I like do that with you? And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, are you serious? And so he just got really excited and we just, we just thought we could help uh, video business owners uh, grow their business, focus on the things, not, not help with shooting and editing, but really say like, these are the things that you need to do to grow a business. This is what has worked for us. And this is what has not worked for us. You know, doing this for a long time, there have been plenty of things that have worked and lots of things that haven't. So we started Studio Sherpas about four years ago and, uh, it's been super fun. We started the podcast pretty early on and, uh, I love I love having both businesses because in one uh, I'm I'm getting to grow it and in the other one I really feel like I'm investing in in other filmmakers in their business and in their lives and the legacies that they're trying to create. And so and so backing up a little bit, I know you started with Matt. You were were talking with him about about creating the business. What kind of alignment do you think there had to be in order for you guys to be able to, to come together? Was it just the initial spark and then things kind of took off or was it, you know, did that idea percolate over the course of several months? Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is when he started coaching, him and I became fast friends. We met at a conference in like probably, I don't even know, 2007, 2008 something like that. And we both had our wives with us at this conference. And so the four of us, we went out to dinner, we we're just hanging out. And I was like, man, this guy, I just, I love the things that the challenges that he's having in his business are things that I've overcome. And the challenges that I'm having are things that he's overcome. And so we're just like back and forth. And so we really hit it off. And it was probably a year or two after that, where he started uh, speaking at conferences. And I was like, I was like, I want to do that, and so, so then I'm speaking, and then, uh, and then he started it like a separate brand where he's coaching. He was known as the video business coach, or actually, I don't remember what it was called, but he started doing that, and I was like, oh, dude, I want to do that, <laughs> and I was so jealous. Like, I, I was like, I was mad at myself that I, I didn't, you know, come up with the idea sooner and start doing it, and so I just, out of respect, or what I thought was, res well, it, it was respect, out of respect, I said, well, let's let him do that, and the whole time I'll wish that I was doing that too. In hindsight, realizing that, no, I could have launched my own thing, and that would have been fine. We would have maybe competed over some business, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to help people, and so whoever connects with us best would be the best fit. Best fit. So anyway, that was a that was a desire of mine as soon as I saw him doing it and he took some time off after doing it for a couple of years and then he was when he was ready to do it again I was like let's do it so we we uh, chatted with a lawyer and just said like what would it look like for us to start this thing together and we came up with an operating agreement and an exit agreement if it if things came to that and we were very clear on the expectations and what we wanted to get out of this thing and uh, and so I think we were both just super fired up about it and I'd asked my wife I said hey are you ready for me to are you okay with me starting another business because you're remember like you know a little over a decade ago I started a business and it was pretty hard for a couple of years or a few years um, are you okay with uh, you know us kind of going through that again and she was like if this is really what you want to do then let's let's do it and uh, hopefully there's an end in sight of uh, when things might you know calm, calm down, down a little, little bit. bit 
No, that, that's interesting. So for both of you, did you almost, was it easier for you to leverage your in-person experience in terms of whether it's coaching, uh, speaking, you know, live versus like what, what came first, the, the digital content that's out there or the in-person training that, that both Matt and you had, had started to do? Hmm. I think like kind of right from the, like the period of launch, you know, we had a website, we, we put up a website and then he had an email list and we were part of a couple of different Facebook groups and we just said, Hey, we're a thing. This is a thing. Uh, if you want training and education on how to grow your video business, then go to studiosherpas.com. We have a free webinar that we're going to be teaching how to start or grow a corporate filmmaking business. And, uh, that was it. Like we launched with this webinar and uh, after a week or two of, you know, the doors being open of Studio Sherpas, we did this, uh, we did this free webinar and, uh, and then we sold a thousand dollar training for people that were interested in, uh, creating a, a corporate filmmaking brand. And we were like, oh my gosh, we, you know, we sold like 10 seats and we're like, okay, so people actually want this. This is really crazy and cool. And, uh, and so that was the beginning of the content. It was like, uh, we made something that people wanted and then it was just more about figuring out, well, what else, what, what other problems or struggles do they have and what other stuff can we make, uh, that will, uh, help them. And shortly thereafter was when the podcast, uh, idea was born. I've always back my first year in college, I joined up with the radio team or whatever they were at the, at the, at the university. And so I got behind a microphone and I'm like, Oh man, I love hearing my voice in these headphones <laughs> as dumb as that sounds, but it's just weird. I I've, I've always liked being behind the mic. I've always liked, um, talking and teaching and helping and making people laugh. And, uh, and just that feeling of like, you know, people hopefully listening and, um, Knowing and, and believing it's good to that like I have your voice too, because if you don't yeah. like your own voice, then uh, that's right. That's right. It's a painful job. <laughs> exactly. But really feeling like uh, yeah, I have something to offer. I think that's that's where I've I've believed that for a long time. Not not all my life, but uh, probably for a majority of my life, where I I felt like I could add value to people's lives. So doing the podcast for me has been such a blast, and I think I just we released like episode 167 or something this week. And it's just crazy to think that, wow, that's, that's a, that's a lot of weeks there of podcasting. It is, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's been super, super fun. Okay. So then going back, you mentioned that the Matt had an email list that he had been cultivating. Was that from his previous coaching uh, yeah, business? Yeah, exactly. And, and had he built that through kind of like personalized contacts or had he built it through some sort of lead magnet that he kind of brought people in under? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. He was he was speaking at different events, and uh, he had some free content uh, that you could sign up for, you know, on his website. And uh, and he sold a lot of like really uh, affordable like templates that people could purchase. And so I I think that it's I mean it's a long time ago. It's almost five years ago. Um, I think he had a list of four or five thousand people. It was two thousand. I don't remember, but it was in the thousands. It was and, in the thousands, so it was, it was actually pretty significant. Yeah, it was in terms definitely of significant. Building that up, and uh, and I'm sure he had he had kind of worked on that, you know, probably over the course of what several years, kind of creating some of that content. Yeah, two. I think two or three years he went pretty hard at uh, at that business, at the coaching business. Yeah. Okay, so so to a certain extent, it was just really helpful being able to start the process of of cultivating, creating content before even going big to be able to have some sort of base base following. Yeah, I mean, because otherwise, uh, 
kind of launching uh, thin air. Just you can't yeah. really you have to create a ton of content in order for people to find you just organically. Right. I mean, with YouTube, you know, if you have a niche, 10 years ago, if you were trying to teach people how to become a wedding filmmaker, that was not as prevalent as it is today. So you you know, you create three, four, five videos on that topic and you would you were like the expert get subscribed <laughs> 10 years to, ago, right? Um it's 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 a little bit different today, but you know, speaking at events and you know, encouraging people to go sign up for your free you know lead magnet on your website is probably one of the, the quickest, easiest ways for people to know, like, and trust you and want to uh, to trade you for that, so that you can build your list that way. Okay, no, it, it does seem that that has become just a very recent, especially now with you know things potentially changing when it comes to the ability to do like trackers or stuff like that online that a lead magnet where you present something of value that is people can download give you their email address seems like one of the best ways to be able to to grow any kind of of coaching business where you're offering some sort of training i mean yes. I, I think story brand you know they've kind of grown a lot of their stuff i'm a big fan of their 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 content mm-hmm. and i think i know they grew grew that way as well uh, but then going back to how much work did you actually have to put into kind of creating some of those lead magnets on your end? And, you know, what was that rhythm like? I know kind of a big fan of, of rhythms. Was it, hey, Matt and I, we're going to just hash out, you know, over the course of several weeks, you know, sit together, work on things while simultaneously running our business? Did you get together for, you know, kind of a retreat and powwow? Or mm-hmm. what was that? What was yeah. that process like? Yeah, we did a couple of those. We did a couple of retreats. Um it is. It's so hard because you know having another business and having employees in that in, biz, in business, having employees in that business, and you know having certain sales markers that need to be hit and revenue and all that. I mean, it's like a real thing. So we're starting this other business that you know made some money at the very beginning, but it, we were just like, well, we're going to put that right back into the business. Yeah. We're not going to use that for anything. We've got branding and all this other stuff that we really want to spend some money on. So, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just curious to know, you know, what that process was like for. Oh yeah. Especially because when you're a business owner, you know, you have your smartphones these days that just, you know, they are killing, you know, deep thought, like deep, deep work, and the ability to focus. And and I know planning isn't something you can always do in hey a thirty minute increment or an hour increment. It does take a certain level of, of focus and dedication to get something done. Yeah. You know, besides just responding to emails and quick thoughts, and and so I was just curious, like, was it that hey, let's get away and and hash out these plans or um, back and forth through emails to actually create some of that initial content to get things off the ground? Yeah, it's. I, I mean, my advice today is is to definitely uh, peel away from the day to day and to get at least a day um, with no distractions. Uh, content bucket strategy. This is a, something that I borrowed my, from my friend Graham Cochran, who uh, does like an overnight thing at the end of every year. And he just thinks through what are the different buckets and uh, the, the type of content that my people are hungry for. And then uh, and then just filling in those buckets with different ideas, um, you know, just a, a thought, a sentence, and you know, kind of creating enough content for the quarter or maybe even the year. Cause really what, you know, he does four different buckets and he's like, if I can get uh, 12 ideas for each bucket, then that's almost an entire year's worth of content. And then, uh, well, no, I mean, if he's doing uh, four, he's got four buckets, 
12. Oh, I see what you're that's saying. Yeah. Like 48. Yeah. So about 48 ideas. Um, so then, you know, he can kind of pick and choose what his audience audience wants. If you have an audience being able to ask your audience, like, what are some of the things, what are some of the pain points? What are some of the struggles? And then creating content based off of that. So the rhythm that we got into early was, you know, we had this webinar, we asked a lot of questions about like struggles and, and that sort of things, but then launching the podcast, we would base, you know, some of the the episodes off of the things that people were that had questions about, but then bringing on guests and having them share like, well, what things are working for you? What's not working for you? How did you get success? And what's your recommendation? And so that kind of content would give us other ideas for content. And then people would, uh, you know, engage with those pieces of content. So having that, that weekly rhythm of knowing that we're going to interview somebody probably in most cases, or sometimes we would do solo episodes. Sticking to that was was probably a, a good, a really good habit for us to to know and believe that we've, we have to be creating content. Uh, but then above and beyond the podcast, it's kind of like, well, what are the, you know, what are some of the other, you know, free lead magnet, magnet downloadable things that people can get uh, learn from, see the value in the way that we teach, figure out if, if they like, you know, my style or not, and, uh, and then figure out if they want to go deeper where we offer, you know, paid courses and digital content that they can actually give us dollars for. So, so was a big part of that was really being able to, to actually take some bigger planning sessions and actually think through spots for those, what's going to go in those, in the buckets is, so it's not just a matter of, Oh, this week, what am I going to do? And uh, uh, I don't have anything. And or let's spit something out. But it's actually deep focus. You know, planning that out strategically. So that way, when it comes to content creation, you're not thinking through the the planning stage. It's just execute. Yeah. Well, in if if here's the where we can fall into a trap and think like, well, I'm going to get away and just start thinking about ideas of things that I want to create. Uh, that's probably a mistake because if you're creating inside of a vacuum, it's it's not going to relate to your audience. Uh, we did a really good job of surveying people early on and asking a bunch of different questions about their business and their goals and their dreams, those kinds of things. And, and then to create content based off of that, like, I mean, we, we wouldn't have had to have a retreat where we said, okay, like, let's come up with a bunch of ideas. We had a bunch of ideas that people gave us. And so for us to, you know, create content based off of that was probably, that has been, you know, for my actual video production uh, business and the Studio Sherpas brand and then other people that I consult with that are uh, content creators and creating courses and whatnot. Uh, that's just the smartest thing to do is to actually ask your social media following uh, that, that is specific to your your niche and, um, you know, email and, and that, that whole thing of like what what can I help? Like, what would serve your business well? What would be the one thing if if you could wave a wand and everything could be different today? What what would that look like? What what would be different? And building content based off of that stuff. Oh, and so you're doing that really. It's not so much, hey, you brainstorming things in your your own mind of what you think is going to work, but actually, you know, reach out to people beforehand and and do that. So when you were you were first starting and before you had a following, was it, hey, let's reach out to you know Matt's audience, let's meet the people he knows or the people we've talked to and then gradually, you know, do iterations as you actually create a following and, and customers or people specifically for Studio Sherpas? 
Yeah, that's totally like, uh, you know, I think we did an email question and then we're on the forums asking similar questions. And then we created a formal like survey, you know, link and uh, would push people there. So we had a lot of different areas where we could go and actually see like, what are the questions that people have? And do we know the answers or can, you know, can we find out the answers to help them? Okay. And and then too, I know with running both businesses like Tell Studios, Studio Sherpas, you know, to what extent were these, you know, completely different audiences? Was there some overlap or really have they been completely different with, you know, Studio Sherpas being the, you know, business owners, video producers, Tell Studios being, you know, owners who who want you to produce content for them? Yeah, there is zero overlap when we first started. It's funny today though, you know, four four years later. Our Tell Studios uh, email list uh, is probably 70% filmmakers and video producers because they're just curious to know how we're creating content. They're curious to know, like, what kind of emails do we send our people? They're curious to see what, what these downloads are that we're offering our people, which, you know, that's fine. It just messes up our, our <laughs> Facebook ad strategy when we're yeah creating lookalike audiences or remarketing to those people and their filmmakers like, uh, we're never going to hire you to do a video for us. <laughs> we just want your idea so we can help our clients with those. So, um, yeah, there's overlap today only in the fact that uh, those people end up on our list, but uh, they're uh, when as Tell Studios, we're not speaking to the video producer, the video business owner. Um, as Studio Sherpas, we're only speaking to the video business owner. Um, oh, and that then makes sense. Yeah, no, that ma- that makes sense. That and then that was a pretty a pretty clear distinction early on. You'd say in terms of yeah, this is a very different audience. Yeah, that and it was really helpful to to be clear in that. Now I will say that. I do have some friends uh, from the Tell Studios world, people that have hired us to create videos for them that have found it interesting, the Studio Sherpas podcast, because a lot of what we talk about is marketing and strategy and in those types of things that sometimes can apply, I, th- I think a lot of times can apply to any business. Uh, so there's been a little bit of crossover there, but more just out of, uh, I would say, entertainment value because they're like, oh, we know this guy and he's got a podcast. and We'll uh, check him out. Yeah, so... Okay. And then, and so for you, I'm curious with doing the podcast, to what extent did that become kind of a creative outlet? What was, I know you said it had been going back to your desire to be on, be on radio, but was the podcast really that first bit where you were producing content, like just for you that you enjoyed, um, like featuring you? Cause I know there's always that balance between, all right, produce stuff for other people and I want to produce something for, for me. What was that, that process like? Well, I know because Studio Sherpas was born with this idea to help other video businesses grow their business. One way to do that is to talk to other business owners and other experts. And so for me, selfishly, I knew that I was going to learn a lot from the people that I was asking to be on the show. You know, I feel like I don't tell anybody this, but I feel like I get an opportunity to like sit at the feet of people who I deeply respect and, you know, maybe follow uh, from uh, from afar online or whatever, but but have learned from, uh, super appreciate in in the fact that I get to spend an hour with them uh, on a podcast. I learn so much. I take notes. Uh, so I know that if I'm learning and and it's helping my business, that it's it's just like it translates to all these other people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. And so for me, it's like a win-win, like I'm getting direct, uh, you know, uh, contact with these people people. 
And, um, and it just makes me feel good. I just, I love it. I love spending time with people. I love learning. I love asking, you know, questions and seeing what people have to say. And then, uh, and then I know that that content, uh, also serves somebody more than just myself. So if it was just serving me, I, you know, <laughs> probably wouldn't do a podcast. Uh, just see if yeah. you want to have a uh, conversation yet. with me, <laughs> but it's also, uh, you know, having a podcast is weird because, uh, I've had conversation with people again that I definitely should not have had a conversation with, but because you have a podcast, people are like, yeah, sure. I'll have a talk or, you know, an hour long talk with you. It's like, where in the world does this make sense? Well, I guess it makes sense here in this space. Yeah, and I think people always like the fact that it's like going to live on. And so they're either curious um, because like, hey, I like the idea of being a podcast or something a deliverable. It's more exposure for them. Yeah. They don't have to worry as much about, well, yeah, I just, you know, I had coffee with, I mean, I think we've all probably had times where we've had coffee with someone and then afterwards you're like, oh, that was kind of a yeah. waste. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> waste of my time. I mean, I'm sure they, uh, you know, at one point I, I, I drove like an hour to meet with somebody. Ooh. I thought he was like a prospective client and then it turned, I show up and then he really was just a guy just out of college who wanted advice. And then and I was like, Oh, I, I clearly didn't read my email. <laughs> like I should have. And I drove, it wasn't like oh, I, man. I just like did a zoom call. It was like, yeah, I, drove. I was like, yeah. and he basically like wanted my advice. And, and I was like, Oh, that was cool. But like, I could at least made him come to my office. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I took wasted my whole afternoon giving this guy advice. Oh, so this man. isn't going to work. That's amazing. But um, but when you yeah you're right when you're recording it putting it out there I think it it is a win win you know for both people and there's no drive time yeah and there's no drive and I think especially you know with coronavirus uh I think these things are more yeah. important I mean <laughs> we're looking at a uh, at a conference and going to one and um you know there's that debate like all right is it gonna be is it gonna be closed is it gonna be canceled am I gonna get coronavirus yeah. but here I'm in a little yeah. bubble and we're both safe and we can interact and don't have to worry about, about catching right. anything the, cough into my microphone here see if it's transmittable through yeah yeah sure hope not but. the Wi-Fi is yeah. <laughs> no and then so when it came to the podcasting guest you know I've heard a few different you know theories where it's like hey you have to really you know reach out to people what was that that process for you of building building those relationships getting people to be on your podcast um you know was it kind of a snowball or was it just you know a lot of work building relationships you know reaching out what, what was that that like i would say it hasn't been a lot of work building relationships i think that because you do that pretty first- naturally yeah, I mean, that's just a, like a natural extension. Again, one of those things that I can do with my eyes closed. There are a couple of superpowers that I have, and that's that's one of them where I just uh, I just like people and I like to, you know, whatever. But early on, you know, I was just asking my friends and um, maybe second degree connections, but mostly first degree. Uh, and I know a lot of people. So, you know, the first 20 episodes are probably mostly wedding filmmakers. And uh, as soon as... We got a little bit of momentum. I would ask a couple of, there were a couple of bigger names that I would have on the show. And then I would reach out to people and say like, oh, we've, you know, featured this person on the podcast, a name that they might recognize. And then when we hit a hundred thousand downloads or we hit our hundredth episode, like these were things in email that I would craft, you know, we had this template email that goes out to people that we want on the show. And, um, we've rarely been turned down there. There have been probably four or five out of like hundreds, hundreds, I guess we haven't had 200 episodes, but you know, over a hundred people we've reached out to, um, I don't even know, five, 10 that, uh, where I've just been like, Oh man, you know, I knew it was a shot in the dark. Yeah. Um, and th- those are the people that they might be able to do a 15 or 20 minute podcast. Um, but the 50 minute but, is just a little too much. Yeah, it's too much. And 
I don't have a link on my calendar to say like, oh, I would take a 15 minute interview. I, that would be great and awesome and super fun for me. Again, you know, I, if I go to a conference and if it's somebody I really want to meet afterward, um, you know, I'll wait in line and you, you get 90 seconds with that person. And all I do is like say like how much I appreciate them and thank them. And, you know, and then they're like, oh, that's great. And get a picture and, and that's it. 15 minutes, if I could get 15 minutes with that person, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah. So maybe I need to rethink uh, some of those tougher to get people um, and or just have a secondary email that goes to them when they refuse and just say like, you know, 15 minute slot you could do here. That's a good idea. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I'm going to write that one down. And, uh, and, and you had you primarily been relying on on email for reaching out to people or had you I know I talked to Ben Amos and he had done a lot of like oh, DMs. Ben, ben love that guy yeah I know he Ben's Ben's been so helpful um is someone who I know you you kind of put put me in contact with him uh through your like just list of resources and everything and uh, I know he kind of encourages people to just do like direct message through video to people mm. have you gone in that way or just mainly done done email uh, email uh, actually, I, I I have delegated that task. I've given it to Tina, our virtual assistant, and um, she just sends an email out. I, 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 I know that, you know, we're doing more and more video emails to people, um, introductions, when things go awry, when we need to explain things. An email is great um, when I need to get in front of a potential client again, you know, waving at them and just saying, hey, yeah. just hey. in case you, you know, forgot about me, I'd love to touch base again. Uh, but I could definitely see uh, if if we were getting a lot more no's, I, I would say like, hey, maybe we need to rethink this strategy. But, you know, up till now, I'm, I'm still surprised at all these, you know, different authors and like big name people that agree to be on the show. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe they believed our email, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's not, it's written fine. It's not like, yeah. you know, super amazing copy or anything. We're just kind of like, you know, we're, we think that you would be a great voice to our tribe. We have this many downloads. We've had big names like, you know, XYZ and, uh, would love for you to consider being on the show. And like I said, probably 80, 90% of the people are like, yeah, let's do it. I sure. All right. No. Yeah. Cause I've, you know, recently, especially now that I've been doing the podcast, I have been talking to a lot of people and you know, there's def definitely is, is a lot, you get some, some mixture where people are like, Oh, do you think there's too many podcasts out there? And, <laughs> and then I was like, well, and the person I was talking to was like, was, was writing a book about eloping actually. And I was like, well, is there a podcast about eloping? You know, you're already interviewing people for your book. Like you could just turn that in a podcast. Mm. And she was sort of like, Oh, that's kind of interesting idea. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's sort of like saying and asked, well, are there too many videos on YouTube yet? You know? <laughs> and then it's like, no, no one, no one really says there's too many videos on YouTube. Right. Um, but but there's just so much more space. And I think it's it's one of those areas where, yeah, as more conferences go digital, it's just as easy as being, you know, on a computer, Zoom call, $15 plug-in, uh, you know, to start off a month with Zoom. And then, you know, eventually you get, you know, you can get mics and, and grow and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it's it's not based on whether it's going to succeed or not. And so I think it's that's encouraging for, for more people, too, who are wanting to create their own content. There's a lot of people who are in that business owners and then they want to expand and they're not sure exactly like what do they do and you know I think digital literacy you know not just so before we had like reading and writing and I think it kind of moving into this you know this next era it's how digitally literate are you can you actually mm -hmm. like film something and like record audio and it's it's like that almost a requirement almost I think really <laughs> moving into this next decade <laughs> yeah yeah and so um you know for you, I'm I'm curious. You know, you were a video producer. You started doing 
the podcast, but then you almost brought video back into it for an element later. Mm-hmm. What was that process like of bringing video back into your, uh, ironically, a podcast? And how was that a decision? Yeah, well, we were most of the the podcasts we were doing were video anyway, because for me, I'm like very personable and I want to like see the people that I'm talking to and just thought that it would make a better impression if they could see my goofy face and I theirs. Not not their goofy face, just my goofy <laughs> face. Uh, and so it was like, well, we're already recording this. How much more work would it be to uh, edit the video and, and post the video so that the content for people that like to watch stuff and then the possibility of creating shorter videos edits from from the podcast that could be used uh for our social um platforms and so it was just a no-brainer it wasn't like that much more of a cost to do that and um and that's been that's been good okay no it seemed to work pretty well then so then, then going back a little bit so i know you start off working with matt in yourself and kind of things were plugging along, you know, to what extent did you find that, that tell studios was kind of supporting your coaching business? Cause I think there's a lot of people who are in that creator space who enjoy the coaching, but it's finding that balance between I need to keep my main ship alive. Um, mm-hmm. that's like paying for everything yet still doing coaching. What, what has that journey been of, of balancing those two? <laughs> that's been the, probably the hardest part. The year that we launched, uh, was, was, one of the worst years financially for for my main business uh, because I was you know I created another business and you know without having a solid sales funnel and uh, repeatable marketing tactics that we could use to help grow our audience and uh, you know just things that a smart business owner would have done before starting another venture uh, you know, having those things in place would have been great, but uh, it's been a it's 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 been just a balancing act, and I would say I'm not that great at it. Fortunately, within Tell Studios, I have an amazing team. I've got a um, an operations manager, so that position that really I became the bottleneck in a lot of different things because I was doing a lot of the operating as well. And once I started delegating that, I found a lot of freedom uh, to be able to spend more time inside of Studio Sherpas and not feel guilty, uh, not feel like I was um, saying no to things that I should be saying yes to inside of Tell Studios. So um, my my position in my role inside of Tell Studios has really morphed over the last few years, and uh, it's a lot it's a lot more healthy of a balance and. Um, but it's, it's constantly one of those things. I think, you know, now today I probably spend 75% of my time on tell studios and about 25% on studio Sherpas. And, um, and that's a pretty good balance. I definitely, I would love to see them more equal, uh, but that's going to require, uh, probably some type of salesperson. Um, John does some sales uh, with us, but, uh, but I probably need somebody in a, in a more active role than myself, uh, if I was to equal those out a little bit more, but it's hard. It's, it's, it's definitely really, really challenging. And I think, um, kind of knowing what my, some of my goals are in each business has helped clarify, like, well, what is the, what is the expectation on me? Like, what, what do I need to do inside of each business to, uh, not like what's, what's, the least thing needed, but you know, in some sense, like what what is definitely required in either, and then uh, what goals do I have uh, so I so I know how to spend my time more efficiently in both business. 
Oh, and what would you say has become kind of like your your queen bee activity or that thing that you have to do in in each one that that brings the most value in, let's say, Tell Studios? Uh, I guess go back to that first. Yeah, Tell Studios. I mean, right now it's um, uh, going to events, conferences, workshops, um, play, places where I can meet people, networking, you know, type stuff. That that is the best ROI on my time inside of Tell Studios. And, and then content creation, like this year is the first year that we said, Hey, let's, let's really, let's create, you know, weekly content, not a podcast. We we've, we've done a couple of different podcasts and I think they both, uh, had potential to do some of the things that we wanted to, uh, but they weren't defined enough and, uh, they kind of just, um, <laughs> We're all over the place, and so it didn't work how we wanted them to. So uh, this year, we really just started creating more video content that we could use on LinkedIn. So we've tried Facebook for the longest time. You used to work for us early in our early days when we were just working with with wedding clients in in that industry. And now that we work primarily with businesses, Facebook just didn't. We didn't get traction on it. We yeah, I mean, create you have these, to pay a lot more to play now. If they yeah, Facebook. well, yeah, you've got to pay something, but. Early on, you didn't have to pay anything. You just create blog posts, share the blog posts on Facebook, and you'd become viral. Oh, not really viral, but uh, so you at least gain traction. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this year, we just said, like, let's let's create a strategy for LinkedIn. We hired uh, somebody to help us uh, with creating a strategy and uh, giving us direction, and uh, and so we're doing that. And I mean, so far, we're getting some traction. Like, we're we're actually and the stuff that we're creating isn't. You know, I've created a couple of prank videos, uh, but also some Which teaching I, I videos. I actually saw one of those. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> the old air horn uh, can't go wrong. Um, so that's been that's been really good to commit to creating. You know, one video a week, at least one video a week, and not just sharing the work that we're doing, but kind of getting into the why and the how of what we do that I think is interesting for people and and. I'm passionate about the teaching things. You know, when I'm in a sales conversation with somebody talking about the value of video and like, you know, the different stages of the funnel and the different kinds of videos that you need, you know, when somebody first comes to your website versus when they're looking at a competitor versus you, what kind of video they should be seeing at that point. So I love kind of talking through our clients and educating them so that they're making smart decisions when it comes time to do a video, whether that's with us or with somebody else. No, and so so since you brought up the stages, you know, what do you mind, you know, for listeners who are thinking about, you know, creating more of the content to for themselves, how do you break those, you know, how do you personally break those those categories down from obviously like digital brand awareness, I'm sure, to light what what do you use specific terminology? No, I mean the the uh, we we do like very top of the funnel is Awareness. It's like something that's going to grab somebody's attention. Somebody's going to uh, maybe pull at their heartstrings. Um, just something that is going to not get into the nuts and the bolts and talk about all the features of yep. what you offer uh, and the, the things that make you different. Um, that's kind of like, you know, at Later the bottom, down. right? It's, it's like... That comes next. If you can't connect with them on an emotional level, then you're all you're going to be doing is competing on price when you're talking about your features and your benefits. And so uh, that's really the the how we explain it. It's like, are you trying to are you at that spot where you, where you, you know people might be looking at other people, and so you need to talk about the the actual things that they might get and why they would choose you, why they should trust you, or 
do you just need to grab their attention and introduce yourself to the world? If so, like we need to create something that's a little more engaging, a little more emotional, maybe not the CEO talking about why <laughs> people should hire. About how awesome they company. are. Yeah, right, I can't right. tell you how many times I've seen that where people's like, oh, hey, let's, we need the CEO talking about how oh, awesome they are. are. It's like, tune yeah. out now. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> done. No, okay. So, so it was definitely a, very much a balancing act between kind of keeping those two of them and you know what when it comes to like percentage of revenue and time you know do you have any estimates uh, obviously you don't need to know like numbers but do you have any estimates like as a percentage of revenue studio sherpas versus tell studios is it still tell studios that kind of keeps everything afloat um or is it you know eventually do you do you see yourself being able to transition over completely to studio sherpas or just always keep that that tell studios in the in the background as your your main you know, cash cow or however you call it. Yeah, I, I mean, they're completely separate businesses. Uh, okay, Studio so they're completely separate. Yeah, Studio Sherpas is, um, I mean, I'm the sole owner of both businesses. Um, I don't have any employees inside of Studio Sherpas. I have contractors that uh, that we'll use. And occasionally I'll have my Tell Studios team work on some video stuff and just help in different areas with Studio Sherpas. Uh, but that business runs on its own, as does Tell Studios, with the help of all of my employees. So, you know, if I was to focus just on Studio Sherpas, that would be a very profitable business for me and I could make a very good living doing just that. It would be super fun. Uh, it brings me a lot of life doing that. Um, at the pace that I do it now, you know, it's it's harder. It would be harder yeah. to uh, to make a living off of that. So, my, you know, one of my goals, I would love to take a, a lesser paycheck from Tell Studios and take a a greater, well, I guess I'm the only one that really takes a paycheck from Studio Sherpas. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I would be able to... I would love to be able to continue to add more benefits and more money and stuff to uh, to my team inside of Tell Studios and um, not have to require myself to uh, to take a you know take take a paycheck from that business. I think that would be uh, that would be really cool. That's, that's get the systems up goals. and running. Get the systems up and running with Tell Studios to the point yeah. where you can kind of remove remove that. No, because I, I do think there is a little bit of a challenge between. You know, whether I've seen you know times like you know photographers or you know people who who run run the business but enjoy the coaching and yeah. they are at times like oh I'd love to jump over more to the coaching but what that looks like exactly is is always like a little bit nebulous and so you kind of do it on the side but still keep keep your main thing you know going um, yeah. that is kind of what you like be able to, to produce well, them to run a company you know just to speak into that like the hardest part for me I don't really see doing just one of these things. I, I do see your service because inside of Tell Studios, I am educating my clients, but I love the impact that I have on these studio owners to help them inside of their business. And to, to just do one, as I do Tell Studios, I'm teaching people what's working, yeah, how we're getting that, clients, how we're expertise. able to. So as soon as I step away from that and just focus on coaching people, then I'm losing touch of like, well, what's working today? Because things are constantly changing. There are some Absolutely. things, some truths that remain. And, you know, I think at the core of what I'm trying to teach are those some of those things. But then there are plenty of things like, hey, this year, this is trendy and you should look at this because I think you could make some money doing this. Or you just need to be aware that Facebook doesn't work. I'm just making this up right now. Facebook <laughs> doesn't work to market your business anymore. This year, you need to look at using LinkedIn. So for me, I, I just see them working together and that's, it's, a, gives me a lot more leverage and a lot more, um, 
like credibility and yeah credibility and all that stuff that i i just wouldn't want to step away from the actual work and start telling people like well you need to do this because then people are going to say like well but you were in business 10 years ago and you're not anymore i don't care what people have to say like stuff like that but i i do want to bring the most value i can and i think in the way to to do that is to have a business where we actually are doing that we're testing the things um that i'm bringing to the studio service community and saying like hey we just started doing this or we just stopped doing this because it's not working anymore. So consider maybe it's not working for you as well. Yeah. And so I think and that also brings it up to an interesting point when it comes to you know, like education and studying some of these things. You know, I so I did undergraduate work. I've kind of held off on doing a master's because in some ways I'm like, well, I'm not going to find a professor in this space who is can can stay relevant because as soon as they like step right. out yeah. and go into the like academic world and stop doing it, like they almost become out of date when it comes to especially in the video you know marketing space um but one of my goals has been to continually you know be learning and learning from industry experts you know like yourself who are doing what doing doing things in actually like putting out helpful helpful content um out there so you know so going back to i know the journey with you know matt and you i know so you're still a co-founder, but I know you're mainly the only one leading Studio Sherpas. You know, mm-hmm. but, but it was a good thing. I know you said that when you drafted things, you um, you know planned. What was the the exit strategy like? You know, you didn't go into it blindly, and um, you know. So what what was that like for him having to go back to you know like leaving Studio Sherpas and going back to the main business? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like. We had a we had a honeymoon phase for a long time where we both were like, "This is amazing." But then at the end of the day, it was a business, and uh, you know, in order for a business to work, it's like you gotta spend time in it, and uh, and then knowing that you have another business where you you actually you literally have to spend time in that business. Um, you know, so as my business suffered that first year, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know numbers or anything like that. I know Matt had similar struggles. Uh, fortunately for me, I had a different structure of my team and I delegated different responsibilities so we could take a hit and, and that would be okay for a little while. And so I just know that, you know, after, uh, two years of doing that work together, uh, it just became apparent that it just, it just wasn't working anymore. It was, it was hard. Um, it was hard for both of us, but you know, Matt just said, Hey, I, I really need to focus on my core business. The thing that the thing that is my livelihood and that, you know, is my employee's livelihood uh, as much as I like doing and being a part of the Studio Sherpa stuff and educating and training. Maybe I'll come back to that at some point, but I really just need to get back to focusing on uh, on my bread and butter. And so, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's a sort of awkward conversation to say like, well, okay, so like, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And, you know, fortunately we had a, a rule book or a playbook that, that said like, well, here's, here's how it can happen. And super amicable. We did a podcast shortly uh, after he had left, I think. And um, just kind of talked about our journey together through that. And, you know, the biggest thing for us was maintaining friendship. And I think it would probably would have been harder to maintain friendship without a very clear expectation of how to break up, if you will. Uh, so super important to have had that document drafted. And then, uh, you know, him and I are both just committed to uh, number one friendship and um working through stuff and you know we had other things throughout the couple of years that we were doing this together that we had to work through and this was just like one more thing of like well hey how how do we um you know exit uh beautifully and uh respectfully and all that stuff and 
Um, and it's cool today, you know, we're, we're still buds and, uh, talk and text and, uh, maybe, maybe we need to have, and, have him back in, uh, like, you know, two years after. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And he's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. He's got a lot of stuff, great stuff going and, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's time to time to get him back on an episode. Yeah, get him get him back on. No, that's great. So I know you mentioned you know you're always learning. Um, and so so what are ways that people can learn from you? Um, in terms of obviously Studio Sherpas, but you know do you have any you know flagship courses you're you're pushing right now, or you know what do you find is 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 working right now? What's the hot hot topic with Studio Sherpas? Oh man, uh, yeah, always learning, always growing. Um, I mean, just a total aside, I'm a huge Audible fan. As you know, I've recommend, yes. <laughs> I recommend books all the time. I'm just finishing a book called Just Mercy, which was a movie that was released last year. I haven't seen the movie, um, but about injustice and just crazy r- racial inequality. And just, it's the saddest thing. Um, finishing that book, uh, amazing, amazing story. And um, uh Let's check that it's one different. out. It's different from, you know, most of the books I'm listening to are, you know, uh, uh, business and business and spiritual and whatever. And, uh, but I, I know that sometimes I need to get out of that uh, space. And so this was a great break, uh, as sad as some of these stories are. So anyway, yeah, Studio Sherpa stuff. Um, man, we've got, uh, I have so many things planned for this year. Um, I've, I've closed down a couple of things that we have been offering, a couple of courses and things. Uh, I would say best thing right now for people to do is uh, to attend. We have a, I have a workshop uh, that people can go to, uh, which is found at studiosherpas.com slash workshop. And really, uh, you know, one of the biggest struggles that we have is finding repeatable uh, profitable clients and uh, the workshop is designed around helping people um, create a process. Process does not sound sexy at all, but money in the bank and uh, less stress of like wondering where my next job is going to come from, that is more appealing. So that's really the heartbeat of what I'm trying to teach people. So people can go there, sign up for the free workshop and uh, see what that's all about. But even before that, uh, you know, podcast, there's 167 episodes or so that uh, have amazing guests, amazing topics, um, and those can be found at... I'll add uh, the show notes, too, so I'll have the links there. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever, you know. You wherever you get your podcasts. podcasts. Yeah. No, perfect. Well, I'll make sure I have those links on in, in the show notes, and as well as that book. And any other last uh, recommendations or resources that you would currently recommend, um, whether it's business or personal, um, in terms of the year that are hot hot topics for, yeah. for learning? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, since we're talking about both brands in my business, Tell Studios, uh, we've we created a short uh, course. I mean, people can find us on LinkedIn. That's where we're trying to create the most content uh, for that brand. Uh, we created a short course on the importance and the value of storytelling in your marketing, and that is found if you go to stu- nope, not Studio Sherpas. If you go to tellstudios.com/course, and uh, you can sign up. It's a free uh, video. Um, series that we created. And, uh, I think it's great. I think, (laughs) I think it was a fun thing to tackle where, you know, our heart is story. We, we just believe so much in connecting in an authentic way with people. And the best way we think to do that is through story uh, and storytelling and trying to figure out how to do that in your own marketing. Um, a lot of people just don't have time to do that, right? They're doing their thing. They're busy. They're making a business run. Yep. So that's, that's probably it. I mean, uh, LinkedIn, those places. Um, I mean, your podcast, obviously a great resource for people. Oh, thanks, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, uh, sounds good. Well, I'll have that in the, in the show notes. And, uh, you know, thanks so much, Ryan, for being on the podcast. I know I've really enjoyed just hearing, you know, what that process has been like for you of being, you know, a producer, a creator, but at the same time going into coaching and, and what it's like that, you know, the mixture between those two, how they how they complement each other, how you manage to stay, stay relevant, stay producing content so you know what's going on and at the same time be able to help people in a, in an ever-changing digital landscape as you know things are from month to month year to year things are always uh, changing and you have to stay up to date and so thanks for mm. all the value you've brought and i'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of this conversation as well so thanks for being on the show awesome wes thanks so much man and i know what goes into doing stuff like this uh so i appreciate that you're doing it i love uh your mission behind it um wishing you the best uh hundreds of episodes um beyond this one uh but appreciate appreciate your work appreciate your heart and uh good luck to all the things that you're doing no thanks so much I'll de- yeah to that that was my, one of my goals when i started was like you know i'm not i didn't have it all together when i started but i was like you know i'm just gonna start keep iterating keep producing i was like you know if i did a thousand episodes like i probably would be really good at something by the end of it <laughs> and so i don't know if i'll get to a thousand but oh, yeah. that that was my mind is like well if i just keep Love doing it. it like eventually i will be better at a thousand than i did when i first started mm-hmm. so i think you know it's, it's that that balance between sometimes you just have to get going just try something exactly. you know pick up you know re- reiterate and uh but i think making sure you're just you, n- you never stagnant and always creating always producing mm-hmm. So so thanks so much, Ryan. It's great having you on the show. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. And that wraps up another episode of No Fat Cats. I loved Ryan's openness to sharing about his journey and how hard it can be to balance both running a business and managing a separate coaching and training company. But I know that for him, it's been really fulfilling. A few key takeaways. I love the concept of content bucket strategy that Ryan attributed to Graham Cochran. I've included that in the show notes for you, that video that talks about the four bucket strategies for creating content for a year. I know I've often tried to sit down and come up with topics to write about, post about, but I make the mistake of not spending enough time on it and I try to give it 20 minutes maybe to to jot down a few ideas. But then when the crickets start, I jump up to the next thing and tell myself that I have a few good ideas to run with, but it doesn't really go anywhere from there because I'm not setting aside enough time to really get into deep focus mode and really plan out a a deep strategy. However, I also love this point that you shouldn't be making all these decisions in a vacuum. Don't just spit ideas out on paper and tell yourself they're good. Actually take time to do surveys, ask questions. And then out of those answers, use them as a basis for making content that actually answers people's questions. Because when you can solve people's problems and make their life easier, they love you. I mean, I know that's true for me. I love people who who make my life easier. I know you have experiences that if you share them, you will make people's lives better. So find something that is a creative outlet for you besides just running your daily business that will allow you to pour into others. And as I mentioned in the episode, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, driving an hour to meet with somebody to, to share your thoughts with them. And that's where the power of media lets us reach wider audiences that we otherwise couldn't reach. Sure, we would all love to sit around with people having coffee and sharing ideas, but the truth is we all have things we're doing. We have businesses and companies to run and organizations to manage. We have families we love and want to spend time with, but when we can leverage the power of getting our own digital content out there, it enables us to share experiences with more people and help more people overcome obstacles that we've already gone through. And by doing this, we're going to have a greater impact on others. So keep learning, growing, and sharing with others.